Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black Business Psychology Network's podcast. My name is Dr. Grace Mansa-Owusu and I'm your host. In this podcast episode, we have a special guest, Krupa Sutha, who is a researcher specialising in user research within public sector and private sector organisations. She's had a really interesting career, which spans corporate work. She started as a teacher and she went into more corporate research within many well-known household brands and she's now working within a public sector organisation doing some really interesting healthcare research. Throughout her career, she's had lots of different trials and tribulations, but she's really come out of it with more career clarity. And this podcast, as with all of our other podcast episodes, really just show that there's not one route to psychology, there's no real timeline. Whatever you want to do, you can do it, and it's just about being open to new experiences, putting pressure on yourself and thinking that you need to have everything figured out is really hard. And in the year that we've had, giving yourself time and having compassion for yourself, especially when it comes to your career path, is something that might be helpful. So stay tuned and thank you for listening throughout the whole of this year of 2020. The support has been great and we'll have lots more episodes next year in 2021. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black Business Psychology Network's podcast. Uh, This afternoon we have Krupa Sutha. Um, Please, if I've said your name wrong, please correct me. Um, And she's going to be talking about her really unique career journey from psychology to what she's doing now. So hello, Krupa. Hi, thank you very much for having me. You um, definitely didn't pronounce my name incorrectly. It was very correct. So um, that's amazing because that is one thing that I find really difficult is that people can never pronounce my name so often um, I just say to them just call me Kay Um, very much so in the workplace it's very much Krupa but personal life it's very much just Kay so well done thank you (laughs) (laughs) you. so Krupa you talked about work so what is your current work Um, would you like to introduce yourself and yeah just tell us a bit about yourself yeah, so I just introduce who I am. Um, so I'm Krupa. Um, I live in London, um, in West London, with my husband and our little puppy, who is now six months um, and is really keeping us on our toes and introducing us to a new way of life. I am <laughs> um, originally not from London, so there is a slight accent there. I'm from the Midlands. Um, oh, which part? I'm a, bit, I'm a bit partial to a Midlands. I did my undergrad at Birmingham and then did my master's in Nottingham. So I feel like, you know, a bit at home when I speak to a Brummie. Not that I'm an actual Brummie, but I feel like I, I was adopted when I was there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm from Birmingham. And actually, I, I went to Loughborough Uni, so oh. not from uh, Nottingham. Um, so currently, I am working as a lead researcher. Um, mm-hmm. I was hired um, with the premise of leading research around equality diversion and inclusion um since I joined which has now only been a month I have to say I took a risk because I left a permanent role to Mm. go and work on this but it goes with where I want to go with my career and a bit of my history um it will come apparent as to why I'm in this role Mm. Um, and so yeah I am it's been a month into the role and literally the week I got in they said this team no longer exists because actually it shouldn't be a team it should be something that's embedded across everything we do Mm. which 
totally makes sense so yeah on um to another project but continuing mm. in my role as a lead researcher so yeah let's see where it goes who knows it's it's a contract role I don't know where it's mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. COVID is the time where people took a risk and I decided that it was the time for me absolutely and spoken to a couple of health psychologists recently and actually it didn't dawn on me the importance of someone with a psychology background a data background in the response to covid I was just like of course (laughs) of course all of you are going to be really busy at the moment and there's going to be more jobs in public health and or health awareness and health prevention uh disease prevention disease control because that's exactly what we're doing by staying at home (laughs) Um, and all of that stuff is very how do you change people's daily activities uh, to, to protect themselves and how to get people to wash their hands um for 20 for a minute is it it's not 20 seconds whoa thank goodness I didn't obviously do all that uh, advertising because clearly it didn't sink in with me um so it's really interesting how you've moved into that kind of role yeah and actually I should say that we so even though I'm not directly working at Public Health England, Mm. I sit within Department of Health. We worked side by side with Public Health England, the behavioural scientist team, which is actually formed of health psychologists um, as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I work with them on a daily basis to say, here's our research. Um, Just yesterday I was presenting and, you know, there's so much input that they're giving saying, well, actually, you know what, there's a reason why they're doing this and there's some theories out there and this mm-hmm. can do to, to help, for example, without going into the specifics of the findings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work with them on a daily basis. Um, and then we also have a lot of input from the NHS um, mm-hmm. team as well. So it's a real cross collaboration, um, you know, because it is we've got to work together and it doesn't matter what department you're in um but yeah there's a lot of health psychologists um behavioral scientists involved Mm. it's really fantastic to see that um but yes data is embedded in no matter what type of position you're in in terms of research for sure brilliant um can you just give us a little bit of a enlightening how how did you get here to this point (laughs) And so, don't worry if, if it's convoluted. I mean, everybody in psychology's background is convoluted. So this, so I, yeah, I was thinking about this today. How mm. did I get here? And I had to make some notes, actually, because my journey is probably longer than what many people that you may have interviewed or, or maybe not. Um, but I'm going to go way back when I first discovered psychology and It's a long story, so bear with me. We're talking around almost 20 years now um, that I've been here um, in the psychology field. So Mm -hmm. I started um, just by chance um, at school. Mm -hmm. I was in the the reception area and the headmaster said um, to me, oh, um, we've started offering psychology this year. This is when I was at school doing my GCSEs sometime in the 90s not going to say when um <laughs> keep that quiet and um it was quite a unique uh school to be honest mm. um and it was very forward because they also offered sociology as GCSE mm. and, and back then not many schools did um, no. so they said he said to me he said do you know what I really think you're doing voice psychology and we're offering it I was in year 11 and he said we're offering it as a one-year intense would you be interested no. I was like, yeah I know 
Yeah, I thought, do you know what? <laughs> it's a one year intense. It's, um, you know, it's psychology, um, GCSE. Let's just try it. Mm. Um, definitely overwhelmed mm. by it, but turned out I loved it. Um, passed my GCSE. And, you know, as it comes, I, I, I chose to go on to doing A-levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I decided to leave that school and I went to a college mm-hmm. um, and when I left I the one subject I knew I was going to do was psychology mm-hmm. um, and then I coupled it with um, a couple of other A-levels communication studies and business studies mm-hmm. um, and I don't know why I chose those to be honest um, I have no idea I loved history but that school wasn't offering history at um, oh. hence why I had to leave um, and so off I went to college and I think I must have been really lucky because that's where my interest in psychology was really cemented mm-hmm. um because I had the best A-level tutors um and the reason why was because their teaching style was so unique mm. so what we would normally do is so I, I did psychology over two years um mm-hmm. and what we would normally do was we would learn the theory so for example if we're learning about obsessive compulsive disorders just mm-hmm. say we would learn the theory and then we would have a sheet and what we'd very much need to do is fill in this sheet about what's the what behaviors is this person exhibiting what's the mm-hmm. diagnosis what's the prognosis and, and so on but the way that they brought it to life was they would either put on a film mm. or on an episode of friends and it's like my dream lesson yeah and it was in every lesson it didn't matter what it was it was some kind of application to real world and um it was a lot of friends and (laughs) my own friends who used to say to me can we just come and sit in your lectures because they sound like the best Mm. um and yeah and I just loved it and they really encouraged me to to apply and think about doing psychology as a degree. Mm. Um, and so I did. Um, and I chose, when I was choosing my universities in the late 90s, um, I was really particular because actually there was not that many. So I think, I'm not sure, maybe psychology, there weren't as many universities offering the course back then. Yeah. Um, and if they did at the time, they used to be quite focused in, um, for example, an area of psychology, i.e., you know, cognitive psych. Um, that's what I found anyway. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just the universities I was looking at. So the, the things I was looking at really when I applied to university um, for my course were A, making sure the course is accredited because yeah. you do the courses that aren't. So accreditation was really important to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted a course that had a year out as well. Okay. Now, a course that offered a year out back in the late 90s was quite unusual to come across. There aren't even that many now with psychology. There's there's literally like maybe five, if maybe ten. Ten at a push, but I know of about three. Exactly. And I really wanted to do that, and I don't know why um that was so important on me Mm. um you know sorry important for me and so I I I went ahead and looked and I was quite lucky actually to have found a couple of unis one of which was Loughborough right um so I said um I am from the Midlands and originally I wanted to go to Birmingham it didn't offer a year out Um, 
I wanted to stay at home. My dad didn't want me to stay at home. He wanted me to experience university. Oh, you were like, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was probably one of the very few who never wanted to leave home. I always, I just wanted to stay at home with my parents. And mm. they were like, no, you need to experience uni life. So I chose a uni that was not too far away. Yeah. Um, and it was Loughborough. And the minute I, the minute I got there, I fell in love with it. I, mm. I just loved it. The university, also the course was right for me because it, offered the full spectrum of not just cognitive or biological psychology everything and go out and (laughs) yeah I I went off did my degree and luckily enough I secured a um, placement yeah Mm -hmm. as well so I was quite successful during the start of my degree also it was the same time I, I think when Big Brother started. Um, yeah, around 2000, yeah. yeah. It was definitely the late 90s um, that it started. And also there was the show A Child of Our Time. Uh, honestly, I was like, yeah, that, I was on locked on both of those shows. Yeah. So I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm allowed to watch Big Brother because like psychology guys and every, like all of my friends would judge me because like, how can I watch this trash? And I'm like, no, it's psychology, everybody. <laughs> exactly and it was you know all of those things which were kind of like adding to reasons why I knew I wanted to pursue psychology further mm. so I um it was great because I'd watched them but I was developing my interest at the time in in child development and okay. that's where our time came in yeah um and my year out actually was I tried to get a placement you know in child in um child development mm-hmm. or working with children whatever but many of them a I couldn't get a call um place or it was not funded you know it was it was an unpaid internship and it's just it's impossible how do you live right mm. um so actually I secured a place working at BT so British okay. Telecom yeah their research headquarters which wow. is over in Ipswich um mm. And it was all around looking at what the future could hold. And I was like, do you know what? I know it's not what I want, but I'm going to try it. Um, I've got the skills, which is research. You know, it's everything that I've got. And they they want a psychology student. Mm. It's very specific. And they'd recruited from Loughborough in the past. So it was a choice for them of university. Yeah. So I got there and I loved it. And, you know, it was in the early 2000s when I was looking at things such as social networking right yeah really that is so and when 2002 ish those times did we have myspace yeah and facebook came out around 2007 but we were looking for that yeah quite early on and connected living you know um all of that was stuff that I was looking at in my degree or you know my placement year so it was really interesting actually and they, they actually sponsored my um they sponsored my di- uh, dissertation so I was oh. fortunate again it wasn't in everything I wanted mm-hmm. um, but actually what I was doing was cementing because it doesn't matter I think what area of psychology you go to mm. you still need a skill set in research absolutely and to apply your knowledge so um I graduated and Mm. I went off and and thought well what am I going to do now I had this interest in child development but Mm. I wasn't so sure and I just got a grad scheme role yeah very quickly in my grad scheme it became apparent that I was not a good fit because I was learning to code Uh oh 
yeah <laughs> I'm a psychology student have no sense of coding or super mm. language or whatever mm. maybe it was the wrong thing for me to do so I left and I worked for a small research consultancy but again that was all around website usability oh. and then I was just like this is not what I want to do again yeah. I was really unhappy mm. so I thought you know I know I want to go into psychology and I'd always looked at becoming an ed- educational psychologist right and it was something I had actually explored when I was doing my A-levels yeah so at the time to become an ed psych you had to go off and do your psychology to undergrad yeah which I did make sure it's a BSc and it's honours you have to do all of that and it's yeah. accredited yeah all of that tick tick um and then after that you go off and you have to do a pgce or a teaching conversion oh they oh that was yeah that's changed now yeah because you didn't i I mean i don't think they changed it that long ago but yeah that was usually the route yeah so i did i went and did that and halfway through my teaching conversion is when the change came that you no longer needed to do that and you just had to go off and do a three-year on top of your your uh, graduate undergrad. And I was there was so many of us. It's not just me. There yeah. were other students on the course who were doing the same thing. And it was like, what do you do? Do you stop or do you continue? And I was like, well, do you know what? I have to just continue because mm. that experience still to be an educational psychologist, even if you get that experience of being a teacher, yeah, valuable. Yeah. So I carried on and I carried on and I taught and I was really um, successful um, at teaching and it was great, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. What kind of a, uh, sorry to cut, what kind of a uh, PGC was it? Primary, secondary? And, yeah. primary, oh. um, and it was actually, I ended up teaching some, uh, some in the really highly behaviour challenge school. Right. In England. Like, yeah. They were in the top five percent, which was mm. really hard but really good experience. Mm. So, but it wasn't something I wanted to do, right? I I did it because I had to do it. It was like a means to an end. Yeah, and then I found out I didn't have to do it. So um, I decided that I couldn't at that time afford to do a another course. Yeah, um, and so I decided just to knock being an educational psychology on its head and I was like Mm. I can't go back to university for another three years it's just impossible Mm. I've tied my skills of being a teacher psychology and research together Mm -hmm. and focus on doing research with children and teens right of course that makes sense yeah so it's like I've got both sides of it you know so Mm. I was like well let there must be some jobs out there for children and youth and researchers turns out there wasn't um there were only a few consultancies or companies Mm. and so I then at the time just you know got positions in research roles because that's where my experience had been so I'm still using my degree yeah um and somehow very luckily I managed to secure a few years later a role for the largest toy manufacturer in the world set up their to work with the research lead, but to set up the UK division Amazing. to then conduct research with children, which was great. I mean, who wouldn't want to work in a toy company with children? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big kid, so I'd just be playing with all the toys, but I'm sure you weren't actually doing that. Well, that's it. People think, oh, God, you just play with toys all day long. No. 
no, maybe I don't play with toys all, all day long. Most of it is actually looking at a lot of data and analysing yeah. stuff and writing reports. But there was a bit where we did have children, you know, coming in and yeah. it was all done, you know, according to ethical standards yeah. and research standards. There was nothing wrong uh, in the way that we were conducting our research. Mm. Um, and I, I did really well and ended up, kind of looking after around 16 countries worth of research wow. got promotions yeah um and that's kind of back around 2015 when I decided this wasn't for me mm. because my health started taking a bit of a tumble mm. um and I was faced with my own health challenges mm. and this is kind of where the change came for me right. um, I would say there was a real kind of internal kind of change happening mm. because I started in my own personal life going to yoga in 2013 I was mm. meditating and things were changing my role at that time was also quite far from home so I right. was getting tired yeah so I actually took voluntary redundancy mm-hmm. and um that was the end of 2015 and then I thought I was going to freelance until mm-hmm. then I landed a role looking after health and well-being research right for, for Disney another great uh, company amazing yeah, and I was just like well this was much closer to home mm. and it was it was moving into an area which I was starting to get into which was health and well-being yeah because I'd started reading a lot about it back in 2013 mm. you know I started changing my own ways and things that I was doing I was becoming a lot more holistic within how I was at home and making big changes back then in terms of you know even the stuff that we use in the house to clean you know chucking away all the crap and bringing in like lots of natural products Mm. and that started back in 2013 2014 so these changes were happening Mm. and it was kind of my journey to educational psychology had been knocked on the head I knew I didn't want to do it Mm. and that shift towards health started yeah and um at the same time I was seeing a career coach Mm -hmm. And this career coach was like, you need to find something to do because you're very unhappy mm. in where you are in research because I don't want to work in corporate life forever. Mm. And, and she's like, you need to find something. And I was like, okay, I'm looking. But then Disney came along and I did great. I loved it there, worked there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left because, again, my health just couldn't take it and I was okay. freelancing. And I explored and explored and explored avenues to take. So that was up to 2017. I explored becoming a health coach mm-hmm. um, through a mean of uh, studying online. Yeah. Um, but my career coach, who also obviously has a psychology background, she was like, Krupa, you can do it, but it's not accredited in the UK. Mm. Um, and she did remind me that, and that reminded me, sorry, that when I did my degree, what was the thing I looked at that's true you know so I decided that I couldn't offer someone advice on their health if I wasn't seen to be accredited it felt morally wrong to mm. me. so that was one thing I kept going back to it and honestly I've gone back to it quite a lot and thought <laughs> should I go and do it but mm. it hasn't happened and I'm glad it hasn't happened mm. um I explored uh doing neuroscience uh, okay. as a master's yeah I've been to many university open days it's unbelievable yeah um to look at different um courses i explored doing positive psychology yeah again they're not accredited through the bps mm-hmm. uh, that's positive psychology of course neuroscience is different but it wasn't yeah. neuroscience wasn't for me i didn't want to be a neuroscientist mm. yeah. 
psychology was my love, but I was going around houses yeah. trying to find something else to kind of fill that gap. Yeah. And I never found it. And then mm. I looked for nutrition because by that point I had been building around 2015, 2016, I started building my love of nutrition and then really started thinking about this whole mind gut kind of thing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you know everything you put in your body is affecting you and how you feel and given that my health wasn't in good condition then it was you know those changes I was making I was seeing kind of the benefits coming through and so mm. there's lots of changes happening but again to be a nutritionist I was looking at the wrong places I thought I had to go off and there was a, there's a place called the Institute of Nutrition mm. where people can go to, to train. It's not a university. It's a mm-hmm. course you can go off and do. And they said you have to do another four years. And I was like, oh, my God, four years. Mm. Whereas universities, because I've got a psychology undergrad and it's a science, the BSc base, yeah. they said you can come in and do your master's. Yeah. So I didn't know all this. You know, I was doing my own research, you know, as, mm. as I'm trained to do. Um. And, you know, lots of things happened, but nothing kind of came close to to psychology. And it was around 2019 when I started my permanent job because mm. I left freelancing and I wanted to have a life that kind of a role which fitted in with my life at the time, yeah. given my challenges that I was facing, mm. but was interesting to me. And the role that I found was fantastic because I was looking at, designing spaces for people and thinking about the next 20 years right you know you're then all of a sudden looking at not only research but you're thinking about who's this next generation what's their life going to be like what's happening across the world and actually how was intertwined with it it is just there Mm. um and covid hit um and this is where the change happened Mm. and things took there like the toll on me where I said I, I'd been put onto furlough from my permanent position right. which was like oh god what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. um and then you know everyone's talking about behavioral science so I'm yeah like, yeah behavioral science is was another thing I was looking at sorry as well yeah and I was like right I'm just gonna apply for some courses now mm-hmm. and I've never done it and by this time my career coach the one I was working with said yeah. to me can't work with you anymore because I'm so frustrated by you that you are not making a decision and it's because I couldn't I, I had I think I had to go around yeah houses literally I've been around the whole of the UK whatever it is <laughs> you know to decide that you know health psychology which is something that I had been looking at as yeah. a course was in fact the right one for me yeah because there was no I never found any jobs in you know I would always mm-hmm. look are there right. jobs psychology what do people do with health psychology yeah I didn't just want to end up back in research yeah you know because I've been doing it and people I've spoken to said you don't actually with your skill set don't need to go off and do this MSc because you're already doing it mm. I was working for the NHS as a researcher anyway yeah um but I was still wasn't fulfilled so COVID yeah. hit and I did this did my applications for yeah. universities and I'd spoken again to lots of universities because I needed to get to a course which fitted in with work yeah and it fitted in with my lifestyle so it had to be online mm. and very few universities offer psychology or health psychology online mm. um even so, though that's changed now because it's all online 
yeah, which exactly. is ironic. I know. I mean, it's just it's just so bizarre that they couldn't offer it, but now they are, um, and yet they still won't consider after this offering it online. Yes, um, it's it's just so weird. Um, yeah. And or I was going to do behavioural science, so I applied right. to LSC for behavioural science, and mm. I applied to Liverpool University in the end, uh, and it's a new course for Liverpool. And even though I spoke to lots of other universities, but Liverpool was the one where the university lecturer just, she spent a lot of time talking mm. to me. But I asked her to speak to me for 20 minutes and we're on the phone for an hour. Oh, wow. Um, she was amazing um, and just made me feel really at home. Mm. And actually, I decided to make an application to them for health psychology. And I just yeah. thought, you know what? I've made my two applications. I'm going to see how things go. Yeah. And you know, let my mind mull over mm. um, which way I want to go. Mm-hmm. Is it LSE, behavioural science, or is it Liverpool health psychology? And when I got both offers, I was like, oh, crap. Now I've got, <laughs> now I've got to choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and in the end, I decided to reject LSE and go with Liverpool. Mm. So Liverpool, currently the course because it is going to be their first year, they're still going through the accreditation process. So they're not accredited yet. And I'm still waiting. The course doesn't start till January. Mm. So I've got a few more months yet. Um, But um, I am on that lecturer's (laughs) email, literally everything. Can you tell me please what's happening? Can you tell me please what's happening? I need to know, because I need to know if I need to apply elsewhere. Yeah um hopefully I'm going to be hearing very soon so mm. I don't know but at the moment I am scheduled to go to Liverpool to do well to go to Liverpool online virtual Liverpool <laughs> yeah virtual Liverpool to study uh, my MSc in health psychology brilliant um so that's kind of where I am and it's taken me a long time to get here I just think your story is so interesting because and when you were talking about seeing your career coach and your career coach getting frustrated with you, I think a lot of people go through the same, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, I'm interested in these things, but because there might not be, it might not seem like there's a job that fulfills or an area that fulfills all of those curiosities or your research or like what you actually enjoy. It's really hard to find out which one it is. And I think because you had that placement year, even though it wasn't really in the area that you wanted to do it, it still led you to the point of, mm, do I actually even want to do ed- educational psychology? Um, and it's, yeah, I just find it fascinating, people's career stories in general. But you got to where you need to be. And if you might have done it earlier, it might not have fitted then. Do you see what I mean? Like it all pieces together. Yeah, yeah, there is that saying, isn't there? You can't join the dots going forward. You can only join them going back. Oh, I've not heard that one. That's a good one. Let's I try have, that one down. Someone told me this the other week or something. I was like, I like this. I'm going to remember it. Um, <laughs> but it's true. I, I did have to go through all of this, yeah. you know, um, to get to where I want to be. And, and you were so right in what you said in that, you know, every time I went on to, I did a lot of LinkedIn stalking, right? A lot. And I, actually, I call it research, not stalking. Yeah, true. Um, let's call it research because <laughs> I think that's a better thing to say rather than stalking. No, because um, I do the same, so I've just reframed it as it's yeah, research. I'm a researcher, so yeah. it's embedded. But at one point, LinkedIn blocks, not blocked me, they stopped me. They said, you've done too many searches this month. 
because I was really interested what I really wanted to know is people who do health psychology what do they go off and do mm. you know is that MSc you've got your MSc what are they doing yeah and, and that's what deterred me for so long right actually pursuing this because every time I would see that they either end up back in academia mm. I don't want to be in academia mm-hmm. or they go off into a research position I'm already in research yeah and you know my career coach she just sat me down she's like look Rupert she's like just because no one is doing what you're doing doesn't mean you can't create it. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's kind of now becoming really apparent to me that, yeah, yeah I, I, no one may be doing what I'm doing, but there are people out there who are doing, you know, their own thing and are doing pretty well at it. Um, yeah. And they've made it their own. Absolutely. Um, and why can't you make it and why can't you do it? So, yeah it's taken me some time to get there I think and also because of your freelance background as well I think that really does help because you've it might not be in health psychology but you've got the background of like I've I've freelance and I'm a researcher in these areas and a lot of them have probably touched on the health side as well especially your well-being role um and it's about taking those skills and just putting them into a different context um as well so and you've worked in and around a lot of the people that do the same thing who are health psychologists as well so it makes sense I think that's the one lucky thing about um, psychology and research in that you can take your skill set especially when you work in commercial research which is what I have done predominantly um, you can apply that skill set to any sector yes as long as you've got the as long as you know how to do research and that's the thing that I see so bad sometimes people who who say they're researchers and are actually not because they have not got that training they've got a degree exactly. in something else and they're all of a sudden a researcher <laughs> yeah. you still have to have that training to be a researcher there's a lot that goes around it not just the actual ability to conduct the research there's a whole ethics and all the other bits that around research that's so important that people don't think about um, absolutely our skill set is so transferable absolutely and this is the whole idea of the podcast um the first three events that we did were about people with psychology degrees what are they doing now because I've heard so many times people saying like I'm not using my degree it's a waste of a degree because I don't have a psychology a role that says psychology on it and it's like well no actually there's a lot of skills you can take that you're using and just because the role doesn't say psychology on it doesn't mean you're not using the skills and building more skills so the research one that you spoke about a spot on like how to do things ethically in a way that is fair um, and you're aware of how to look at data how to cut data so there's so many skills just in research alone that we learn just on the undergrad let alone the rest and all the work experience that you've got on top of that yeah exactly um so I never think a psychology degree is a wasted degree um I'll never say that um but I'm biased I'm the same I'm like no it's not a waste when people say that it offends me I feel like they cut me deep I'm like no 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 like whatever you're doing there's a little bit of psychology in there relax it's fine (laughs) (laughs) and so you're you spoke a bit about your current job so I don't know if you can go into detail about more of like a day-to-day uh, a day-to-day ex- example of what you might do I know it's probably different every day um 
and how you use a bit of psychology in what you're doing um yeah it's difficult to go into what I do um to be honest because a I've only been in this role for I've just finished my third week so <laughs> okay fair that's, that's one thing and secondly every day in this in this climate is different mm. um you know and thirdly obviously it's it's a role that we, we don't talk about too much yeah. um so I would say you know there's a lot I would say what I can say which is probably typical to any researcher yeah. uh, or anyone who's working on COVID response at the moment is I'm on a lot of calls yeah to say that um all day I sit on a lot of calls because there's a lot of collaboration happening and I think that's one thing you know it may not be a skill set that's from my degree specifically but it's a skill set you obtain overall through work and you know and actually through your degree because you collaborate on projects for yeah. example. but there's a lot of collaboration happening between us and the research teams across you know um, the cabinet office or public health England or NHS digital or whoever mm-hmm. else it may be and we're all coming together and what we're doing is we're, we're taking each other's research and, and and trying to build a story I see so it's understanding what's happening and really tying everything together because it's important we work together yeah um, there's a lot of um, so there's a lot of calls <laughs> um, you know and I could be planning the study so for example right. you know, told we've got to do this study and off we go to to work on that study so it will come up with you know what what is it that we're trying to get to so mm-hmm. really going into my research with my research hat on now what is it that we're trying to get to what are we trying to learn you know what's our research objective what do we already know yeah um which is really important because you know if in research you already know it what what's the point again yeah yeah why are we doing it then so uh what are our hypotheses that we're trying to address Mm. Um, and then what type of uh methodology would be best you know we would plan our study around that and then you know off you go to create all your research materials Mm. um you know whatever it may be if you're doing a questionnaire or a discussion guide or whatever it is and and you plan go about doing your research so that's there is a lot of that um and making sure we're doing the right thing um and making sure we're adhering to the timelines that are set to us yeah um so as I said, it's really about knowing your research skill set and yeah. and having that knowledge because um, it's an intense environment. Um, mm. You know, there's a lot I'm taking from my degree, but there's a it's a pressurized environment. I would yeah. say that's really interesting and keep, uh, good luck with it. I know that it's obviously a very busy time and quite stressful, um, but you know the work that you're doing is definitely very important especially now and going forward so yeah good luck and well done (laughs) and you spoke about obviously you're hopefully going to start an accredited health psychology course in January are there any plans for afterwards because I've spoken to two people uh, recently who are one's just finished the professional doctorate the other ones in the last year so is is there any more future plans to do more in that space um I haven't 
I really had to stop thinking about that because mm. that's when that's when you tie yourself in knots because mm. um, that's when you get down that rabbit hole of, let's go on LinkedIn and see what everyone's doing and mm. all of a sudden the whole day's gone because that's all you've done yeah um so no at the moment it, it's to be honest the course is going to be two and a half years right yeah that's enough <laughs> that's enough for now to get yeah. through that and then I'll address you know who knows the psychology society may have changed the route again you know so I don't know what I'll be doing um yeah, yeah. I would like to ultimately I'd like if, if I do the course and if I complete it what I would like to do is really work with people mm-hmm. the way I see myself using it is working with people in um in the real world yes commas, um you know um or in their daily lives and yeah really you know, it's that application of psychology into daily life is what okay. I want to be doing um, and the health end of it, obviously. So that's kind of where I want to, I, I see myself. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Yeah. So it's a more of an applied setting than a research setting. Um, yeah much more hands-on in a community. So like the first health psychologist that I re- uh, interviewed on the podcast he is sexual health advisor so he uses those skills in that context and yesterday um Sahana again it's going to test my memory so she also works in the community designing interventions as well for actual real life people in the local authority so it's exactly what you want Um, and because I think for me I don't really know that many health or health promotion psychologists, but the ones I do know more in the field rather than in, in research or purely yeah. in academia. Yeah, that's it. It's it's about making sure I want to be one of those and being in the actual community. Yeah. Um, because that's where I feel that the benefit will come. Yeah. Um, and obviously it goes back to me watching Big Brother, you know, <laughs> because of this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so we already spoke about your research skills, but what other skills do you feel like you've developed or what other skills do you feel like are important for the roles that you've done and health psychology? Uh, Collaboration, Mm. because you need to work with people. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Um, The ability to just drop everything and move on to something else because something else becomes really important. Yeah. That's hard and people find that hard. It's mm. a hard thing to do, prioritization. You know, it's it's all the basic things. Um, I would say that you in a working environment, um, but definitely the ability, I would say the one thing with psychology is you're working with people. Yeah. So you've got to be able to collaborate and to listen mm-hmm. and to sit back and really listen to them. Um, because that's again what you're doing research is you're listening. Yeah you know um, and it's a skill you learn um, and it all comes down to again your training because in you know in your research modules you are taught the different questioning techniques mm. you know? um, and that all is really important and they're actual soft skills that you don't realize are so important until you actually get there exactly no they and they're called soft but they're actually quite crucial to the how effective what you're doing what you're trying to do is yeah I definitely agree with that and do you have I know this sounds like a weird question do you have any regrets 
of like how you got to where you are or if you could change something what would you change yeah I just wish I listened to my career coach so long ago and did what she said she said just apply for the course group just apply <laughs> like you know she's like if you don't do it I'm gonna do it for you and yeah I wish I had you know um I wish I'd applied because the day I applied and spoke to to Liverpool was it was you know the day I applied it was I was really happy mm. um that I finally finally made the application and I yeah. was really excited mm. I was like, I've only applied I haven't got place yet you know <laughs> I was like I'm excited I'm gonna do a course and I was like oh you haven't got the place yet don't get too excited so yeah I wish I'd um I'd applied and not wasted so much time I think I've wasted about eight years um, but is it really a waste creepy? no it's not it's probably not a waste you're right but it is a uh, it's been exhausting for those people yeah. around me <laughs> but no no real regrets because I think I had to go through that to you know all it, not only did I have to go around to, mm. to where I wanted to be um and explore other avenues to make sure those weren't the right ones for me yeah also I think my own personal health challenges mm-hmm. also shaped for me the route that I wanted to go down absolutely um, so no I, no real regrets just just wishing I <laughs> applied sooner I, I do hear you but in those eight years it, the whole of your career but the eight years specifically it sounds like you had an amazing experience and like um exposure to such world-class world-renowned organizations and I know it's not all about you know the reputation of the organization but you know the people that you were working with and the groups that you were working with in terms of for example I'm thinking of Disney and like the children you were working with or the teens working with the children to try and make a toy that would fit with what the target audience want and they're all really amazing skill sets that you can bring like you've got real world experience where I went into my master's straight after undergrad and I had worked before. Um, but if I was to do that master's now, it probably hit differently than it did then. I mean, I'm glad I did it then. I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was a lot. But um, it would have, you know what I mean? The knowledge would have sunk in and sat in totally differently to what it did then. Yeah, I agree. It's it's that level of maturity mm. uh, and level of experience that you get. And I think going in uh, as a slightly mature student, I don't think it's going to do me any harm. No, no. Uh, maybe I'll be a bit more tired. Maybe. No, yeah. No, you... <laughs> yeah, managing work and uh, yeah. and that. Um, yeah, it's going to be intense. Um, but that's why I've positioned my work mm. um, to fit around doing the course. Absolutely. Well, I'm still working four days a week, but one okay. day is where I'll study. And even that's not going to be enough. But mm. I'm just manager. Yeah. And you will. You'll yeah. get it done. You, it, will, it will work out how it's supposed to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to see how things go. I'm not, I'm not going to be too hung up on it has to go this way no well I'll, I think I'm definitely going to keep in touch just because I'll be interested like how's it going <laughs> I've started because <laughs> I've just um finished when I say finished I finished the actual lectures part of a two-year postgraduate diploma in counseling and psychotherapy on top of the other things I'm doing oh, and I did that 
hard. Whilst we're, I mean, I've had like three jobs during the time. <laughs> Sounds crazy because I was like contracting and then I started a job and it wasn't right for me. And then I started this job that I'm in now. So yeah, I was working four days a week. And also as part of the course, you have to have a hundred hours of practice yeah. as well with for free with clients and I'm still seeing those clients I've got 10 hours left not like I'm counting um but that's all I will need to then be like you said BACP registered therapist but yeah it's and when I look back I'm like oh no I just got it done but obviously you're like I've got an essay and I think that's what it is with being a more mature student not not emphasis on not on the mature but it's like I've done other courses of like oh well I'll finish the essay it will get finished it, it didn't stress me out just because I was like I know it's going to get done so I'm just going to do it or I'm going to worry about it I'm just going to try and start doing bits so that yeah. it's done however your style is and whatever your way of doing it will get done so yeah. thank you that's good to know you know that not only have you managed it during um working mm. um but also it will get done because that's the thing I find difficult is I I am quite particular in the way that I do things and I can't quite um, fussy um, about it all. So, yeah, very particular. So, yeah, learning to let go is definitely an an art that I've been practising. It is (laughs) hard. It will get done. It will get done. It will get done. And then forget about that module, start another one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely not forget it's all in my brain um and then the last question I'm going to ask which I've asked everyone on this podcast is about your ethnic identity so have you ever felt like your ethnicity gender or religion or anything like that has affected your career journey Mm. I think it was interesting when we spoke earlier that you were talking about when you go to conferences that maybe you're the only ethnic or black person there Mm. um when I did my degree Mm. I there was only one guy on the course and there was only one person of an ethnic minority on the course but then back then you know Loughborough only had an intake of 30 of us oh okay really that's small yeah it's a small because it you know back then not many people were doing the course as well so Mm. you know nowadays you've got huge numbers going in um it's really changed but yeah I was the only ethnic person I didn't find that a problem personally Mm. um and I haven't had so much involvement with the psychology society per Mm. se I would say where I have faced challenges though is Mm. where is within my own community okay um no not real kind of really bad challenges but Mm. kind of a question so when I um, started pursuing psychology you know it's very typical of a person who's Indian or Asian to go into very traditional fields Mm. so a medical field an accountancy field or a banking field so finance you know Mm -hmm. those are the areas you go into doesn't matter if you're a doctor an optometrist or a dentist or whatever you know or an accountant or whatever and all of a sudden you've got this person (laughs) unruly child like I don't want to do any of that (laughs) no it wasn't of interest to me right and so I'm doing this psychology degree and people like asking questions like first of all what is psychology Mm. question I got asked a lot Mm. 
um, by a lot of elder relatives. Yeah. And then secondly, why would you want to do something like that? Yeah. Why, why, why would you want to talk to people about what's going on in their mind? You know, why? Mm. Um, so that was their interpretation, you know. Mm. Um, so it was really seen as being a risky, kind yeah. of weird career to go into. Yeah. But actually, my parents never felt that way. Mm-hmm. My parents were very um, positive. My father was very much like you have to do what's right for you and mm. choose the course that you're going to be happy with and yeah. pursue what you want to do yeah. rather than doing, you know, a typical course. So, um, you know, that didn't, it, it didn't bother me. Um, and, you know, another question I would always get asked is, can you make any money from it? <laughs> you know, like that's another typical way of thinking. Whereas my, my own family, my parents were like, they didn't care. Mm. Um, the fact for them was that I was really enjoying the course. I could see where it was going. I kind of knew what I wanted to do, albeit with educational psychology back then. Mm. Um, and so they they were really happy. And I thought, you know what? That was all that was. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. You know that if my parents were happy and they didn't mind the course that I was doing, then why should I care about what anyone else thinks? Absolutely. So the. The, the issue of race came from within mm. you know, um, because it wasn't recognised as a, a choice, of course, that people were familiar with. Yeah, I've definitely heard that before with our episode with our with the clinical psychologist. That was a question that she was asked early on, like, well, you're clever, so you should do medicine or another something else and then she's yeah. doing psychology they're like mm, are you sure like what is what is what is this psychology you speak of like what is and I think that's another reason why this podcast exists because there's a lot of misinterpretation or misunderstanding of the different areas of psychology or what you can do with an undergraduate in psychology you don't have to be your stereotypical clinical psychologist you can go into any field and what you've learned is useful in those fields so it's just opening it up and just allowing people that it's not all like someone lying on a sofa freud like with somebody with a with a notepad and pen um do you see what i mean like this literally so broad no no exactly it's it is that stereotypical view people don't see all the other areas that you can go into mm. like I think I was talking to my nephew the other day um and it's not about psychology but I was talking to him about he's doing he's doing his GCSEs and he had to complete something for food tech and mm. talking about how different foods can affect the way that you eat and perform for example yeah. um because he's not doesn't have the most healthiest diet and um and I was saying to him you know a lot of these athletes have got either they're working with health psychologists or they've got psychologists working with them or they've got nutritionists and he was like really he was like they work with nutritionists and I was like they do you know because they've got to you know what they're putting their body affects them and it not only affects how they're feeling um but what's going on and then how they perform Mm. so you know it people don't recognize how much psychology okay that's nutrition but there you can link the two together yeah how you eat and feel and what you and then how you perform very much so it is there and and again they don't realize that it's so nuanced that yeah you can actually pursue many 
different avenues and I think that's a lesson I've had to learn as well yeah I think we're all learning it and this is exactly yeah this is really great because even with organizational psychology slash business whatever you want to call it psychology of work and organizations I've spoken to so many people as well, it's just like HR. I'm like, well, yeah, you could say that it is, but it's a different area, it's a different route, and the skills we bring are slightly different to what someone in HR would bring. HR is, especially if you're doing like the operational HR, like HR business partner, there is quite regulated. Obviously, employment law governs a lot of the things that happen, whereas an occupational psychologist doesn't learn that stuff um, on the course. It's more about how to bring how to make work bearable and enjoyable for people because you're working for the majority of your life. So how do we keep people, how do we find people for a job? How do we keep people there? And how do we get them to learn stuff and make them feel good to make us money or to make us stuff? That's bottom line. So it's about breaking it down. Um, You might not work in a role specifically called occupational psychology, but can you work in recruitment? Can you work in change management? Can you work even in a totally different department like marketing, those research skills you would use or, you know, the people research or the people, people focus aspect of marketing. That's another skill that you learn about during an undergrad. So absolutely opening it up and just allowing people to think a bit bigger and broader. Exactly. And that's what it is, is allowing people to see there are so many different ways that you can use psychology. People just don't see it. And I think there is a point to be said of, of universities as well. Mm. And then also bringing in a diverse range of people who are working in the field. Yeah. No matter what their skill set is, because advertising, for example, you, you're playing on psychology there. Yeah. You know, um, someone who's in something, well, I've been in commercial research you know that again is psychology and they will specifically recruit for psychology yeah. um, graduates so there are so many different fields that it's just amazing that you could go into so much um and it's it's a shame that the universities don't play on that even more because mm. i think it opens up people's avenues and especially those who are on the undergrad undergraduate courses to see that actually i can go into x y and z field i just didn't realize i didn't yeah. know that and I think the what you did is that placement year and there's a lot to be said for placement year universities I did my PhD at Brunel and they're pretty much a placement university so major a lot of their courses will have a placement or a sandwich element um and it's funny because undergrad I applied to Brunel as my insurance and then I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go but then I went back like I found myself back there like maybe eight years later after I'd finished <laughs> just like oh I'm back here again I was there 20, 2009 to 2013 is when I did my PhD. Uh, see, I, I did my PGC up for now. Ah, so I, I should have been there if I'd actually not yeah. rejected them 2004 to 2007. But I was like, no. Ah, so yeah, yeah. passing across. Well, I think we've come to the end um, of the recording, but thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's been really fascinating hearing about your career journey. And like I said, all the best with the Masters. fingers crossed that it gets accredited and I know you'll be great at it because it really does seem like everything's coming together like your practical experience and your your experience already in academia like be fine thank you no thank you for having me it's been really great and thanks for bearing with my really long journey Um, I definitely hope it's it's going to be of use to someone I'm sure it will more than one (laughs) trust me